Ryan Newman off turn four for the final time. Blaney to the outside, oh. to the inside. Here comes Hamlin up the outside. Wow. Crash into the wall, into the air, goes oh. Newman. Upside down. A fist pump from Denny Hamlin, who has won the Daytona 500 for the second year in a row. Welcome back to Full Tank with Phil, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. Coming out of Daytona, all you could say is, wow. And then today, breathing a huge sigh of relief because of that crash with Ryan Newman. It's all everybody's talking about, not just in NASCAR, but all around the country. All news outlets were talking about the Newman crash on Monday night into Tuesday. And seeing the picture today of Newman walking out of the hospital with his kids holding his hands, that was just such a relief because it really just kind of felt like the sport was at a standstill. It kind of felt like you couldn't really talk about anything else other than that because everybody was so focused on Newman, as we all should be. Um, but it was just great to be able to see him. Everyone's talking about how happy and, and jovial he was in the hospital, joking around with the doctors. He's at home now in North Carolina, joking around with his family. So a lot of people pretty uh, – excited to see that and the thing is now that we know that Newman is home and safe now we can look back and be happy as we cashed in I mean full tank with Phil starting out hot picking winners we had uh, Denny Hamlin cashing our ticket for us at plus 1000 it's a great feeling to start the season off picking winners but not only that i mean going into those green white checkered uh finishes the first overtime that we had on this podcast we gave out hamlin for plus 1000 we had our boy ryan newman plus 3500 and we had michael mcdowell we talked about him plus 8000 he was in sixth place at one point with a few laps to go before he wrecked out on one of the green white checkers so great start to the season on the money line picks feeling really good cashing in on that one uh, the the head-to-heads, that didn't really work out for me uh, too well there. My hand's up on that one. you got to take the good with the bad. Uh, I actually looped them all into a parlay, and, and that bastard William Byron, he was out early on Monday when they restarted the race, and uh, that pretty much put an end to, to my parlay right away. So it was uh, tough to come back from that. But as far as the money lines were concerned, our guys were up there. As far as the, the top 10 picks were concerned, our guys were up there. Uh, I think we only cashed in on one of them. So still, it made the race really fun to watch. The race itself played out pretty much like anybody could have predicted. I mean, the guys minded their P's and Q's, kind of single file line until that third stage. And then, as the announcers kept saying, business started to pick up. And it was really fun to watch. I mean, there were some... Some wrecks here and there, and then obviously the the huge finish, close second closest finished in uh, Daytona 500 history. So huge, huge day for for NASCAR and a big day for the the podcast starting out picking winners. So it feels really good. Now it, it's really kind of uh, strange because you know we're we're going from Daytona, and if you're on a hot streak. And you're picking winners and you're feeling lucky. What's the best place you could go to in the country? 
Las Vegas, Nevada. And that's where the, the Cup Series will be headed this weekend. So Daytona International Speedway versus Las Vegas Motor Speedway. These two tracks couldn't be more opposite. It's almost like looking uh, at a picture of Austin Dillon and his wife, Whitney Dillon. I mean, you have one that's just a, a tall, beautiful piece of art that everyone would come to see for miles. And then you have kind of like an average looking thing that, you know, really doesn't move the needle one way or the other. Uh, and, and that the latter there is Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It's so different from Daytona where... At Daytona, anything can happen. We talked about it all last week. At Las Vegas, it's a cookie-cutter mile-and-a-half racetrack. So it's a completely, it's a more technical race, completely different race from what you saw at Daytona. Fans that were loving the racing last weekend, tuning into this race coming up, they're going to get a different show. And that's why it makes it more fun to bet on this type of race because it, it keeps the race interesting as we go. So taking a look at las vegas this is a racetrack where they only were racing there once a year and just recently last year they they took a, a spot away from another track and gave vegas two spots last year once early in the year and once in the playoffs but this is an interesting time because they changed up the schedule and this is the first time their vegas will be the second race of the year the the one right after daytona so all of the hype and all the fanfare that comes with Daytona, everyone's going to be packing up and heading out to Vegas. And the fact that the 500 got moved to Monday really is an interesting tidbit when you're talking about betting on Vegas because that's going to throw a wrench into a lot of these teams' plans for Vegas this weekend. And a lot of the guys were complaining about the 4 o'clock start impacting the, the week ahead for them. So it'll be interesting to see how these guys, you know, manage that and uh, we'll, we'll see how, who can prevail. Now looking at some track stats, they've been here 24 times total. So one guy ever has won from the poll and it was Kyle Busch in 2009. So winning the poll really isn't that big of a deal and nobody in the field this weekend has ever won more than one poll here. So winning it, you know, it's, it's great, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Now, some of the other stats, winners that have come from the top five, it's happened eight times. So one-third of the time, uh, the winner will be coming in the top five. And then 12 times, the winner has come from the top 10 starting position. That's 50%. So if you're betting on a guy, you're going to want to bet on them. I like where we're at right now in the week because... You're, you're going to get some guys. We're going to talk about these odds that they have out there and, and who we like this week. But if you can bet before qualifying, you're going to get probably better value on some of these guys we're going to talk about. Because after qualifying, I think the sports books are going to pick up on it. Um, because if you have a guy that you like and then they go out and they qualify in the top 10, obviously that's going to put them in a much better position, especially at a racetrack like this where it's mile and a half, 50% of the time, the winners coming from the top 10. So it's uh, it's interesting. Now that's not, that doesn't mean winners can't come from outside the top 10 and even the top 20. Five times the, the winner has come from outside the top 20 starting position, including 
this past fall, the last time we were here, Martin Truex started 24th. So it can happen. It's not it's not the end of the world. I just like setting the stage with the stats about the racetrack before we really get into anything, just in case there's any patterns that we'd want to focus on. In this case, I think this is pretty much like most tracks we're going to cover, especially the mile and a half. There's nothing really too staggering. This is all pretty standard. Um, just wanted to call it out ahead of time before we, we really started getting into the picks. Now, if we're talking about strategy, I like less of the long shots this week. You want to kind of look towards the, the top. Now, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm loving the favorites. Right now, the favorites, as the, the sports books have them right now, there's three guys at the top going off at plus 500, and that's Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and Martin Truex Jr. Now, if I was on a debate team, I could probably make a case for why those guys are up there. But to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think you're going to always get Kyle Busch as a favorite early in the week, no matter what, because the sports books seem to just love him. Harvick, we're going to talk about him later. He he has done well here. And Truex, he's the, the past winner. So I could see where they're coming from, but we're going to talk about some other guys that I think make better sense to bet on. So kind of avoiding the favorites right now. If you get these picks in early, then I think you'll be able to, to cash a bigger ticket because the guys we're about to talk about, I would almost guarantee that their odds are going to go down, um, less value later in the week after qualifying and, and practice and all that. So let's get to some money line picks. And I've got one word for you when we're talking about this part of the, the podcast, and that word is Penske. Penske is who I'm going to ride or die with this week. I hate doing it. I usually hate it. Don't like throwing all my eggs into one team's basket. But this week, I've got good reason. I'm going to break it down for you. So I'm loving the Penske crew. And I want to start with Brad Kozlowski and the two car. All right. He's going off right now at plus 600. So I mentioned that the three guys going off as the favorites. Brad's a little bit further down, plus 600. And... To me, Brad should be the one going off as a, a heavy favorite here, and it would shock me if he wasn't towards the, the top, if not the favorite, on Sunday morning. He has, in his last 10 races here, three wins, seven top fives, and nine top tens. All right? Nine top ten finishes in a row. That's unbelievable, no matter what racetrack you're at. Nine top tens in a row tells you that you got a pretty good handle on the joint, all right? And it's just looking at his last three races, his finishes, you know, starting back last fall and going backwards, his finishes were third, second, and first. So he, he's got it going on here recently. There's a stat that we're going to talk about all season long called driver rating. And driver rating takes into consideration not just finishes, but how you're doing throughout the, the cycle of the race, leading laps, you know, how a consistent performance. If you've if you got a guy who is just always up front, you know, top five, maybe leading races consistently, but he's not getting the finishes for whatever reason, that would be reflected for the positive in a driver rating. So it looks at it all time, which I like to focus on more of the recent races, but you know, you can't argue with um, with the driver rating stat. He's sixth, and at sixth at Las Vegas, which is you know pretty good. Um, fifth all time in laps led out of all active drivers here, 
and in the last 10 races, he's got the, the first average finish. So pretty damn good. Um, Jimmy Johnson in the last 10 races has won, sorry, all time out of all active drivers has the most wins, four. But Johnson is kind of out of the conversation here because all of his success has come a long time ago uh, in the scheme of things. Kozlowski has kind of taken over, in my opinion, as the, the king of the court here. So he's got three wins. That is uh, very good. If you're kind of eliminating Johnson from the conversation, uh, Kozlowski has, has dominated this place. So how could he not be going off as the favorite? I don't know what the sports books are looking at. This is an opportunity for us to pounce on this and be all over the two car this week. This Penske, you know, I'm going to talk about the other two, but this is a perfect opportunity to talk about what Penske did in the off season, which was they didn't make any driver changes. They didn't make any, you know, personnel changes, but as far as, you know, still being employed there. But they did something very interesting, which was they switched all of their drivers. They had a, a little bit of a carousel with the crew chiefs and the drivers. And the way it worked was the crew chief stayed with their team, but the driver switched and became like the only new member of the crew, chief, crew chief's team. But with that change came the driver's car and sponsors and numbers. So in this case, we're talking Brad Keselowski. He moved over to Jeremy Bullen's team. He used to be working with Ryan Blaney. And it, it's something to consider maybe for the future when we're betting on any of these guys, looking at how the crew chiefs did at any track down the road. The, the good thing here is all of the Penske crew chiefs did pretty well in the past with their respective drivers. Now, in this case, Jeremy Bullens was Blaney's crew chief for all of Blaney's career, and even when he was at the, the 21 with the Wood Brothers, and he's had some pretty good success. So not anything to you know shake your head at. Brad Keselowski, I would say, is worth the, the value here, plus 600, mark it down, you got to go for it. Now let's talk about Blaney, a good transition. Blaney, I mean, I you know, Kozlowski, plus 600, someone is paying attention a little bit. I would, like I said, should be higher, but still, not bad. Blaney is going off at plus 2,000. Now, there's a lot to kind of dissect here with Blaney. So his, his stats, he's only got seven races started at Las Vegas in the Cup Series, Zero wins, three top fives, five top tens out of seven races. Not too shabby. And in his last four races, he's got three top fives, all fifth place finishes. So his, his highest finishing position was fifth. Uh, some of those races, though, early on, coming with the 21 team. So those last races were when he was driving with, with officially Team Penske in the 12 car. So can't complain he's, he's getting better as you know he's learning the racetrack as he's in better equipment fourth in average finish out of everyone in the last 10 races second all time so it's less races for him uh, where the other guys have you know more things that could bog them down so again last 10 races is my my favorite stat there but he's fourth out of everyone so if you've got a guy who's fourth in average finish how you 
sending them off at plus 2,000. Got to jump on this if you're gambling. I'm all over it here. Uh, he's ninth in driver rating. Now, here's something that is interesting. We talked about like where the starting positions would fall out of these guys. He His average starting position is 12.9. So kind of right in that sweet spot of you know top 10, just outside the top 10. That's where he's going to be starting. And we said, you know, being on the pole is not worth it. Uh, he has one, but, uh, you know, didn't mean a win. Uh, end of the day, he averages a good starting position to put himself in the position to win the, the race. So I like that about him. Now, his new crew chief is Todd Gordon, who used to work with the 22 and Joey Logano. So Logano is who we're going to talk about next has had a lot of success here. So if we're still looking at Blaney, you got a guy who he's got seven starts here, started off kind of a lower budget team, the 21 car, Wood Brothers, a little bit of uh, help from Penske, but started to progress. He's on an upward trend. And as he moved into the 12 car, started getting better, putting out some top fives. Now he's got a new crew chief who has won here in the past. I think Blaney going off at plus 2,000 is a great pick. I, you know, It's worth your money, worth your look to throw something down on the 12. The last thing I'll say about it is you may be hearing this and saying, but Phil, you know, what about a Daytona hangover? He finished second in the 500, and he had a pretty big part in that whole Newman fiasco. And you'd be right in saying that. I mean, finishing second in the, the second closest finish in Daytona 500 history has to weigh on your mind. But on top of that, there's been reports that Ryan Blaney had not been taking the Ryan Newman stuff very well. He was extremely distraught, apparently, on on Monday night. Bubba Wallace was actually the one kind of tweeting this, um, you know, saying to to kind of lay off of him a little bit because, you know, fans were claiming that it was his fault because fans are moronic. But... I digress, you know, Blaney clearly was taking it pretty hard mentally. Um, Now, that second place finish, the Newman situation, yes, that could be worth maybe not throwing something down, but I think all of the points that I made previously are still worth it, plus the fact that Newman is up walking out of the hospital. He's at home now. Things are starting to trend upward for him. Um, I think that's going to take a a lot of weight off of – Blaney's shoulders so again that point I think is a good one but not enough to scare me away from him this weekend now let's move over to the the last guy in the Penske stable and that's Joey Logano Uh, he's going off at plus 650 so again back up towards where Brad is and his numbers here in the last 10 one win five top fives eight top tens and in his last 10 races, he has 10 lead lap finishes. So looking at the last maybe 10 races here, I was doing some digging. And lead lap cars at the end of the race, probably around 18 to 23, that number there. So to hear that he's always on the lead lap is a big deal because that's essentially saying half the field isn't going to be on the lead lap. So if you're putting yourself in position to be on the lead lap, that means you're putting yourself in position to have a good finish, top 10 and beyond so he he knows how to get it done he has one here in the past Uh, he's never wrecked out in the last 10 races i mean that's just unbelievable to to think that 
all the stuff that could go wrong in a NASCAR race, and and Logano is able to keep it clean. That's something that is so underrated. So when you see something like that, it makes the the light bulb go off. Like, hey, what's going on here? Second in average finish in his last ten, and first in average finish all time when you're considering all time races here. So also third highest laps led. Logano is someone, he's a lot like Brad. He's someone who just knows how to get around this racetrack, and he hasn't finished outside the top 10 since 2013, when he finished 12th. So, come on, are you kidding me? Plus 650, this is a guy who, on Sunday, again, just like Brad, he, he, that, that odd is going to go down. The odds there are going to change. Plus 650, get him while, while he's hot. Um, Talking about crew chiefs, the last one in the triangle there is Paul Wolf, and everything that we mentioned about Kozlowski's success, you have to contribute some of that to Paul Wolf. Paul Wolf's like one of my favorite crew chiefs to follow in the garage. That relationship that he had with Kozlowski was a great one. It's part of the reason why I'm sort of questioning this move by Roger Penske to, to do this change up, but you have a guy who's such a strong crew chief in Paul Wolf matching him up with uh, the talent of Logano. This is a track where we could kind of see that come to fruition. So Logano, it makes sense. He's sponsored by Pennzoil. So if you're into the conspiracy aspect of it, you, there's something for you uh, because the race is the Pennzoil 400. He won this race a year ago when it was also sponsored by Pennzoil. So, you know, all that stuff is pointing to the 22. So again, the Penske stable in general, I'm in love with. I typically hate this. Um, part of me is kicking myself, but I think on Sunday, you know, I'll feel pretty good about it going into the race and we'll see how it ends up. You know, it is a crapshoot, but I like it. I think these are informed picks. And on top of it, I know we're not in the prop bet section, but there there's a prop bet of what manufacturer is going to win the race. So since I'm talking about all these Fords, Let's talk about it. Ford is the the underdog here going off at plus 225 compared to Toyota's plus 150 and Chevy's plus 200. So why not? I mean, I love, I clearly love the Fords, the, the Penske Fords. And then you throw in the Stuart Haas crew. You got Kevin Harvick, who's awesome here. We're going to talk about him in a second. Then the rest of the guys, you know, the rest of the Stuart Haas crew, why not? Why not throw some money down on the Ford team? We'll see. Um, I might, I might dabble in that this weekend, but there is one other guy that I wanted to mention because I do like having like three to four picks on the money line, uh, before the race starts. And I wanted to talk about somebody other than the, the favorites and the Joe Gibbs crew. Uh, so I was looking for somebody a little bit different and the person I landed on was Kyle Larson. And when I was doing the, the stats and, and the research the averages, his name just kept popping up. For looking at average finish all time, he's fourth on the list. Okay, and you know that I love the last ten stat. He's sixth there as well. So, very good stats. Whether you're looking at all time or the last ten, his stats here. He's only raced here eight times in his career in the Cup. Zero wins, but three top fives and five top tens in eight races. That's great, and. He's also, just like Logano, never crashed out at Las Vegas. He's never wrecked out. He, he's finished the race. So 
Same stuff we were saying about Logano. You can put that towards Larson. It's going off at plus 1,300. That's good value. There was a time a couple years ago where Larson, it was just a matter, people would always say like, oh, he'll, he'll get his win at Vegas because there was a stretch where he finished second, third, and second, followed up by a 12th and an eighth last year. So I guess before last year, this time last year, people were probably all over Kyle Larson. And now, a year later, you know, he, he pumped out a 12th and an 8th place finish, and people were kind of forgetting about him. 1300 is good value for somebody like that. Now, the, the thing about Larson is he's racing for Chip Ganassi and Chevy. So there's a lot of question marks around the Chevy camp. And, you know, it's super early, the first mile and a half. We're going to see what Chevy has. And if there's somebody that's going to, you know, jump up and take that, you know, flag for Chevy, it'll be Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson probably. So why not? That's that's my uh, my my thought process for Kyle Larson is why not at 1,300? That, that seems pretty good to me for all of those reasons. His stats check out. So I'm going to do it. I'm riding with the 42 as well as the Penske crew this weekend. Vegas, baby, Vegas! We're going to move now to talk about a couple top 10 picks that I had. After looking at some of the stats here, I, I thought this was worth throwing out there. I had just have two guys that I'm looking at here. And the first one is Chase Elliott. Chase is an interesting subject for Las Vegas because he's been here six times. Three times, he's crashed and did not finish the race. The other three times, he's finished in the top 10. So it's 50% wreck, 50% top 10. And part of me, you know, the the degenerate in me just loves that. And I'm going to roll with Chase this weekend to, to finish in the top 10 just because I feel like Coming out of last weekend, Chase is going to just want to rebound a little bit. I mean, last week, he was who he thought he was. He he went out, won a stage, kind of showed off a little bit, had the, the high-powered Hendrick engine, and then didn't get the finish that he wanted. That is Chase at Daytona. We called that out last week, and that's how it turned out. In Vegas, it's a different mindset, and... I feel like Chase is so hard on himself that even though the standings are all jumbled up because of a crazy finish and and at Daytona, he sees himself, you know, 17th in the point standings. Like he's not the type of guy who even enjoys that, even if it's the, the first week of the season. So that is something that has to be weighing on Chase just because of the the type of person he is. I'm going to say that, this weekend, he's not going to wreck out, and judging by the stats, if he doesn't wreck out, he's going to finish in the top 10. So right now, he's going off at minus 150 to finish in the top 10. I'm not typically someone who likes to you know, go when it's uh, minus money, but in this case, I'm going to roll with Chase finishing the race, so that means he's in the top 10. So it should be easy money, right? I mean, that's how, that's how it works. That's how gambling is, right? Money comes pretty easy to you. The, the second guy that I'm rolling with to finish in the top 10 is Eric Almarola. So he's going off at plus 140 right now to finish in the top 10. This is another interesting guy to take a look at because he's got three top 10s in his last four races. Now, 
This is all since joining the 10 team. He, we talked about how Blaney was sort of getting stronger, especially as he got in better equipment. And the same thing can be said for Eric Almarola. Ever since he, he left uh, Richard Petty Motorsports, the 43, and came over to Stuart Haas, he's been better here at Las Vegas. Now, he's another one when we want to talk about last week, right? Eric Almarola, every year at Daytona, has a car that could win. And he just can't get it done. I mean, it's a shame. And the announcers talked about it. He, coming up towards the end of that race, he was someone to be reckoned with. And then he got caught up in one of the the crazy accidents. And the announcers were even saying, like, oh, that's a shame. Because that's a vehicle that could have won the race. So now, with the schedule change and everything, we're not going to Atlanta anymore after Daytona. We're going to Las Vegas. Well, this is a track where Almarola could take some of that momentum. I think he's more of a glass-half-full guy. He sees that his team did well at Daytona, and they could kind of parlay that into some success at a track where they're trending upward. So uh, plus 140, I like that with the 10 car. Mark me down for it. We'll see what happens, but I, I honestly think that he will be there. He, he won't be, I don't think you're going to see him like leading laps, but he'll be hovering around that 10 mark. Okay. The 10 car finishing the top 10. It has a good ring to it. So mark it down. Is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? I want to go fast. So now we're at the head to head section. And like I said, last week, it did not turn out too well for us, but it's a new week, you know? We hit the money line, so we got a nice little bank account rolling. Let's really focus on these head-to-heads this week. I got four new head-to-head matchups that we're going to focus on, and I think I got some winners here. I'm feeling pretty good about it. So we're going to start with the marquee matchup every week. I mean, these two are always matched up when the the first head-to-head matchups come out. These are these two guys are always the first ones there. It's Kyle Busch versus Martin Truex Jr. We, we talked all about it last year, this battle that they had, and it's, it's another good one. So they're both going off at minus 115. So Truex, he is the defending champion at this racetrack. He won here in the fall. It was the playoff race. Overall in his last 10, he's got two wins, five top fives, seven top tens. He's got the better stats at Vegas. I mean, it is what it is. Bush, no wins in his last 10 races here. Four top fives, five top tens. It's a mouthful. Sorry about it. But at the end of the day, looking at the last six races at Las Vegas where both of these guys competed, Truex and Kyle Busch are both 3-3 three and three against each other. The, the series against each other. 3-3. Three and three. I mean, it's so typical between these guys it doesn't matter what racetrack you go to there it all last season they were neck and neck in their series matchup and of course at this racetrack right away you know towards the front of the season we see that they're pretty much neck and neck again uh, beyond the, the sixth race that's kyle got banged up one race so or one year or so it was a little bit different so we're just sticking with the last six i'm picking kyle bush here i'm going against the stats which You know, I do from time to time. In this case, I just feel like it's Kyle's turn. Um, They trade punches. They're like boxers, heavyweights. And Truex won 
the last one. So now it's just Kyle's turn. That's really my reasoning for this one. Kyle Bush. Plus, I, I like a reason to bet on Kyle. It, it feels kind of dirty to just not bet on him every single week, week in and week out, just because he is so good. And you just know that, you know, good things are coming for him. So I'm going to take Kyle in this matchup this week, and we'll see where it takes us. I'm a little skeptical of Truex, to be quite honest with you, because he lost Cole Pern as his crew chief. Cole just completely up and left. We'll talk more about that probably later this season, but they're going to take a little while to find themselves. That's my prediction here for the 19 team. So that's why I'm going to go with the 18 and Kyle Bush. Mark it down, baby. Now, just got done talking about Eric Almirola. I saw a pretty good matchup here that I liked. Jumped off the page to me. I did all the, the research for the top 10 stuff, and I saw how good he's been doing. And then I saw that he was matched up against his teammate, Clint Boyer, both going off at minus 115. They have similar stats here. Um, you know, they're, they're both top 10 guys. They get both have a, a few top 10s. But to me, this is really about momentum, this pick. I'm going with Almirola here, and the reason is because he's trending upward. I talked about how he's got the, the top 10s recently as he came into the 10 car. Boyer, on the other hand, is trending downward here at Las Vegas. He, he really has not been able to put it together recently here. And in the last four races, head-to-head, Eric Almirola is 4-0. All right, so what more do you need there? I guess the skeptic in you could say, well, Boyer's due, which is true. You know, that record has to come to an end eventually, or that win streak has to come to an end. But in this case, I'm, I'm, I like the trend up, not liking the trend down. I don't know why. I have no real indication that Boyer would have anything here that would turn that around. So I'm sticking with the 10 over Clint Boyer. Mark it down, minus 115. It just makes the most sense to me. And I uh, jumped off the page, so I'm, I'm sending it home. Now we've got a, a real good one, more heavyweights. And this one is Kevin Harvick going off at minus 125. He's the favorite versus Denny Hamlin, minus 106. Harvick has the stats here, folks. He, he's got two wins, four top fives and six top tens. In his last 10 races here, Hamlin, no wins, one top five, three top tens. Harvick is five and two versus Hamlin in the last seven races here. And Harvick, I mean, the books have him going off as a favorite to win the race. Um, He's strong. I mean, the stats back that up. He's got a ton of laps led. He's second right now in laps led and my prediction is by the end of 2020, he will be first because the, the, the guy at the top of that list is Jimmy Johnson. He hasn't led a lap here in Las Vegas in four years. So, or sorry, four races. So Harvick, I would predict, is going to be leading laps this weekend and the one in the fall. So he'll, he'll surpass that. It's a nice little feather in the cap to be the guy who has the most laps led out of all active drivers here. Hamlin, I mean... Let's, let's think about their week, right? They win the Daytona 500, but they don't... First of all, it's on Monday because of a rain delay. So then they win a rain-delayed 500 on a Monday night, and they don't really get a chance to celebrate because of, obviously, the Newman situation. Everyone was super concerned. So you, you kind of get blue-balled there a little bit 
on your celebration. You're already a day and a half behind on your preparation for the weekend. And now all your team has the media obligations of what the Daytona 500 winner has to do. Hamlin's been doing the media tour. He's all over New York City doing multiple interviews all over TV. His spotters all over radio. Every time I turn on the, the radio, I'm listening to his spotter or his crew chief. I mean, all these guys are a little bit distracted. So, And it's rightfully so. I mean, they won the 500. They, they should be able to, to go out and kind of talk about it and celebrate it. But that, to me, in a head-to-head matchup against somebody like Kevin Harvick, doesn't fare well. So I'm going to go with Harvick in this one. Seems like a, a bit of a layup. We'll see how it plays out, but I'm I'm riding the, the four-team strong here this weekend over Denny Hamlin. The last one, it, it's it's a total shitbox, and, and I have fun betting on the guys who are really at the back of the pack. These two guys have some of the worst average finishes out of all active drivers. We're talking about Corey, Corey LaJoy and Bubba Wallace. Corey LaJoy had a really good finish at Daytona. Uh, he was, you know, really performing well there. And Bubba Wallace was fighting for a top 10. I know we, we took him to finish in the top 10 last week. He was close, but couldn't pull it out for us. He, he got a little banged up a little bit. So, as mentioned, I mean, these two statistically are, are some of the worst guys here. Makes it a little bit more fun to bet on this type of thing, though, because you're not just watching the guys at the front. You're watching the ticker to see where these guys are falling. Four races at Las Vegas for both of these guys. Bubba owns the 3-1 series lead between the two of them. Bubba's in the stronger race car. I mean, he's in the the 43 for Richard Petty. That's a stronger car than Corey LaJoy. Corey's out there petitioning to drive the 48 next year. I mean, he's he's kind of in a, you know, both of them are single-car shops, but obviously Richard Petty is a better team overall plus we mentioned how blaney was a little bit you know upset about what happened with the newman accident at daytona well Corey lejoy was a part of that too he was the one that came in and and crushed newman while he was in the air he landed on top of lejoy's hood and windshield so he's made comments about he how he's a little you know banged up as well mentally uh coming off of that so with all that being said i'm i'm going to ride with the 43 on this one over Corey LaJoy. It's going to be interesting. They both suck here, but if anyone has the ability to kind of turn it around, I think it's the the guy with the stronger car in Bubba Wallace. So just to recap the picks, I'm going with Kyle Busch over Martin Truex, Eric Almarola over Clint Boyer, Kevin Harvick over Denny Hamlin, and Bubba Wallace over Corey LaJoy. Throw those in a parlay. I'll be doing it this weekend. We're going to turn it around here with these head-to-head picks. Let's go. So this weekend, Phil's fired up. I, I got to get something off my chest. And it's it's battling with the sports books yet again. We ended the season last year in kind of a, a back and forth. I've, I've reached out to multiple books about some complaints. And... This week, I, I really thought we turned a new leaf. I really did. Because when I did the podcast last week for Daytona, I was super excited because, and I, and I talked about it, there was a whole prop bet section of the podcast episode last week where 
you could bet on the, the car number of the, the winning driver and the there was different sections or, or letter grades where there's groups where you could bet, you know, group A, who's going to finish out of these four guys, all the way to group F. You could bet on the team that's going to win the race. It, there was a ton of different new bets that I had never seen before, and I was super excited. Well, there, there needs to be... The rant this week is just really about the fact that there needs to be some consistency overall with the ability to bet on NASCAR. Because if you're somebody who's newer to the sport, newer to gambling on the sport, you have to be super confused. Because I'm someone who's been doing it for a while now, and I'm super confused. So I couldn't imagine like just trying to get into it. The reason I'm saying this is because you had those options early in the week. Then... As soon as the duels happened, those prop bets went away. And wouldn't you think that the prop bets should get bigger and there should be more of them right before you know the race actually kicks off? Instead, it was just the, the head-to-head matchups and the manufacturer of the winning car. They took everything else away, and there was no rhyme or reason to it on the site. I tried contacting the DraftKings customer service about it, because I was pissed off. I really wanted to bet some of these props. The car number thing just had me like super intrigued. Um, and, and by the way, if it's available this weekend, I'm taking even all day. But I digress. I reached out to them. And the, the thing that's most frustrating is you can never really get anyone that knows what they're talking about. The response back I got was, hey, thanks for caring. Essentially, it was like, thanks for caring about you know betting on uh, NASCAR here's a free $10 bet. There was no explanation. My email was pretty concise. It was, hey, I'm just looking to understand why some bets become available or why these bets were available and then they got taken away. There are also times throughout the week where the ability to bet on NASCAR, the race that's coming up this weekend, is just gone altogether. Like you can't even bet anybody for the money line. Doesn't make sense. And... You know, I'm happy that they've kind of transitioned. I, I think I had a rant last year about how live betting needed to be a thing, you know, during the race. And that seems like it's starting to make its way into reality. During the 500, that was a thing that you could do. And I enjoyed that. I, I liked seeing that. So that's a step in the right direction. But there really is no rhyme or reason to any of this other stuff. And there's no explanation for it even when you're asking for it. it. So it's very frustrating for someone who is trying to, you know, really have fun with this and can't, you know. I, I couldn't imagine someone who hit on a bet at Daytona and said, wow, this is really fun. Let me look into this a little bit further. And then throughout the week trying to throw some money down on the, the Pennzoil 400 this weekend and just being completely baffled. It, it it makes no sense. The other thing is looking, I, I've got a bunch of apps for a bunch of different sports books and I use DraftKings because they have, they're the most robust. Some of these other books have absolutely nothing. FanDuel is a joke right now. You would think the new season, they, they've had some time to kind of get things up and running and it's not there. Fox bet, not there. It just doesn't make sense at all and really disappointing to see. So I'm hoping that, you know, the more I kind of pry at them, I'll get a little bit more of an explanation of why certain things are not available. But if we could get 
just those prop bets that they had available early last week on a consistent basis, I'll be very happy. I mean, I still have a lot of things on my plate that I'm going to be bringing up in future podcasts for for things that they should be making available um, just because there'll be interesting conversation pieces. But if we just get what they had last week, I'll be happy because it gives you a bunch more options to bet on and it makes the race just even more fun because at the end of the day, if you're NASCAR, that's what you want to be able to do. You want people tuning in, having more fun from the viewer's perspective and, and gambling does this for you. So there really needs to be some some change here. So I was really happy last week with what I saw and instantly turned into the, the subject of the Phil's Fired Up rant this week. Sorry to do it to you, but uh, next week we'll, we'll talk about some more constructive things and, and things that make sense to make available moving forward. But just really had to get that one off my chest because I was so upset by it. Um, the, the trucks are available to bet right now. Xfinity are available to bet right now, which is great. That's good stuff. I didn't see that last week, but we'll see if it stays there. So it's just that inconsistency is what kills you. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Full Tank with Phil. We loaded up last week with some Moneyline wins, and now we're looking to keep that going in Vegas. We're not trying to crap out. We don't want to be, you know, losing our shirt this weekend. We want to keep it going, so we're rolling with the Penske crew and some others. Hopefully the the head-to-heads come back to life, and we're walking out of Vegas a winner, heading throughout the West Coast swing. So thanks for listening. Go out, place your bets, and we'll see you next week for California. Place to go, darling. Have no place to go. Have no place to go. Goodbye, baby.